Your Excellency, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to this uh, special public lecture of the Hellenic Observatory here at the London School of Economics. Now, over the past years, we've hosted many of Greece's leading figures, uh, prime ministers, ministers, bankers, academics, even his all-holiness, the patriarch. And, of course, in organizing these lectures, we've been very keen to recognize the, the pulling power, as it were, the, the degree of interest in the speaker uh, in a particular evening. With a platform at the LSE, we've tried to engage with both the Greek diaspora, but also many non-Greeks to make them interested in contemporary uh, Greek politics, society, and economics. Now, our guest this evening certainly satisfies that uh, criterion. He is not a minister, never been in government, and doesn't represent either of the two major parties that have ruled Greece for the last four decades. But to international observers, uh, he has seemingly burst onto the Greek political scene. As you probably realized as you were coming into the lecture theater, we could have filled this lecture theater at least twice, possibly more. Uh, a tremendous amount of interest in what our speaker tonight has to say. Now, in Britain, we have this uh, saying that you start to feel awed when our policemen start to look younger than you are. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I should feel when I'm about to introduce possibly Greece's next prime minister, who has uh, something like a two-decade difference between the person you're speaking, who's speaking to you at the moment. Uh, it makes you feel awed if you're introducing someone uh, so uh, different in age. Now then, uh, Alexis Tsipras. <laughs> Alexis Tsipras has been a member of the Greek parliament for just over three years. He became president of Syriza four years ago, and in that period he's seen the support for his party, of course, jump very dramatically. In 2009, Syriza received just 4% of the votes. Today, according to the opinion polls, Syriza is now in first or second place, and Alexis Tsipras is the leader of the official opposition in the Greek uh, parliament. Now, Another story which indicates perhaps the degree of foreign interest in our speaker this evening is that about a year ago, I went to a conference in Cambridge. It's a provincial university to the north of London. <laughs> and there was a Greek academic uh, speaking at whatever the place was called. Uh, there's a Greek academic speaking at this conference. And he said... I've lived in Britain for 35 years, a country, a society, known for being insular and inward-looking. And he said, I now have people coming up to me and saying, what percentage do you think Syriza will get in the next election? A tremendous amount of interest 
in what is uh, happening uh, in Greece. So we're very pleased to uh, welcome our speaker. He's very kindly agreed to give the lecture in English uh, because we have a very diverse audience. I can see from the list of those taking tickets, it is a very diverse audience. Uh, after the speech, uh, I will ask some questions and we'll have a short dialogue on the stage. And then I'm going to open it up to questions from the audience. There will be plenty of time for the audience to ask questions. I will ask you to ask the questions in English, please. We will then have uh, an interpreter on stage, should that be uh, necessary to help as well. Now, as you can imagine, with this degree of public interest, with this degree of size of audience and uh, organisation, then these kind of events take a lot of effort uh, to arrange. And before we begin, I would just like to give a public thank you to my colleagues in the Hellenic Observatory and in the school for organising tonight's event. You may wish to join me. So, thank you. So... Uh, without further ado, let us begin. Can you please join me in welcoming the leader of the official opposition in Greece, the leader of Syriza, Alexis Tsipras. So, Mr. Featherstone, I hope to, to feel good with your age today. <laughs> as I'm seeing, I'm not the younger here as well. So thank you very much. Uh, you know, everybody of you know that I'm not a prime minister yet. <laughs> I'm not for sure banker, and I'm not an academic, but I'm here in front of you. And uh, it's a great pleasure for me, great honor for me to be here in LSE. And uh, I will try to make an introduction, the main, the certain uh, speech in English language, but then we'll have the chance to exchange views. And uh, as I know that in the audience there are a lot of Greeks, also for the quality of the language, I'll try to answer the question in the Greek language. So, the issue of this lecture has a title about a viable solution of this crisis. The policies of austerity that are being implemented in Europe, not only in the Eurozone, but also here in the United Kingdom, do not appear to be providing a viable exit from the crisis. They do not even seem to be the preconditions for such an exit. On the contrary, they are deepening the crisis and making any such exit in the future more difficult. This seems to be a conclusion not just for the left, but also of independent analysts such as Martin Wolf and Wolfgang Moncu of the Financial Times. And how it could be otherwise when some of the basic problems that appeared during the crisis have not really been addressed, far less resolved. When most economies are trying to recover their competitiveness 
with the same policy tools of austerity, wage reductions, further moves to make labor markets more, more flexible. Therefore, we still have no credible supranational strategy to confront the power of the banks, no strategy to address the issue of macroeconomic imbalances, whether between U.S. and China or between South and North in the, Euro in the Eurozone, and also no strategy to address all those social inequalities that arose in the era of neoliberal globalization. Whether through devaluation or internal devaluation in the case of the Eurozone economies, it is clear that we have a self-defeating strategy in the sense that no one country gains a price, a price advantage, and altogether face declining demand for their exports. It is a lesson that should have been learned in the interwar period, the lost decades of the 1930s. From that decade, we should also have learned about the debt trap, that in a crisis, deflationary policies reduce income quicker than they reduce debt. And once more throughout Europe, not despite, but because of austerity policies, debt-to-GDP ratios are rising. So, what's the crucial question now? I think that the crucial question is what is the alternative? And what is the alternative particular for Greece, as Greece became the guinea pig of the European crisis? Syriza has argued that a future government needs to put a stop to these policies, while at the same time renegotiating the loan agreement with our creditors. It has argued that an economically viable strategy can look to 1953 London Debt Agreement that gave the post-war German economy such a kickstart. One that succeeded in creating the economic miracle of the post-war era. So let us re-emphasize the point. Without the London Agreement, there would have been no such miracle. A debt haircut, a huge investment drive through the Marshall, the Marshall Plan, and financing terms linked to export the grow and growth performance were the central planks of such a deal. We see no reason why in 2013 such a settlement is not also appropriate for the whole of the South and thus for Greece. Why can we have a new conference of debt in the South of the Eurozone as soon as possible? Why are we in such a period of diminished expectations, especially since the step-by-step, -step, the country-by-country -country approach has so evidently failed. But the other question is, could Syriza really negotiate better terms with Greece's creditors? 
Our critics say that the conditionality in financing terms of the adjustment programs form a coherent whole and cannot be separated. Coherent they are not, but are they indivisible? To claim that they are, one would have to believe two things. First, that Greece has no bargaining power, and second, that there is no other way of stabilizing an economy except through applying the policies of austerity. Fortunately, both have been put into considerable doubt, not just in Greece, but throughout the European South. This became apparent after the recent election results in Italy, but also from the massive and persistent mobilizations in Spain and Portugal. So, what would happen if Syriza managed to come in power? If Syriza came in power, Europe would not be confronted with a dilemma about what to do with Greece separately, but instead with what to do with its own future prospect. And it is bound to engage in a comprehensive protest and doubt of the Merkelian strategy in European Union. Let us look more closely at what happened in Greece more recently. After the May and June elections, when Syriza narrowly lost the first place, one report after another surfaced showing the huge cost of a Greek exit, Grexit as it has come to be known. Angela Merkel and Christine Lagarde both claimed that the Eurozone must remain whole if it is to remain at all. The threat of Grexit was critical in turning the election in favor of the austerity parties. After the elections, all parties suddenly shared an acute awareness of the systemic risk faced by the Eurozone. Threatening the exit of the economy is rather like adultery. If you, if you have done it once, you will do it again. <laughs> it is the same, I believe, with Eurozone. Once one country goes, the suspicion is that the next will quickly follow. It is this fact that provides an element of bargaining power. The fact that, as Keynes long ago argued, if you owe a great deal of money to the bank, so it is the bank that is in trouble. So what about other ways of stabilizing the economy? January, the January issue of Oxford Economics, Economic Outlook, undertook the following experiment. What if the economies of the South since 2010 had undertaken just half the fiscal measures they actually took? Well, it turns out that for Greece, 
this would have meant 300,000 more jobs in 2012 and would have added only one percentage point to the deficit to GDP ratio. Now, a few people would claim that this offers any kind of trade-off whatsoever. Who in their right mind would accept 300,000 more unemployed for such a small gain in public finances? The cynical response to such findings is that for the elites, the debt and the deficit were never the goal of austerity policies. Rather, the goals all along were reduction in wages and pensions, the contraction of the welfare state, and the task of making labor markets more flexible. That what we have is a class-based strategy to increase profits and the power of the capital. Less cynically, we can conclude that there are alternative ways of stabilizing the economy without these bar barbarian measures, austerity measures. Of course, it is not just a matter of macroeconomics. A left-wing government will need to, to look at the whole gamut of economic policies and economic institutions. It would need to examine a different role for banks and industrial policy. The current government in Greece has no development policy other beyond that of reducing wages enough and destroying labor rights enough in order to make Greece attractive to foreign investors. It is also offering investors public spaces in urban centers as well as in the countryside and the coastal areas, presumably because it's impressed by ventures such as the Costa del Sol in Spain. So our, our approach, Syriza's approach, is rather different. We see Greece's workers and its public spaces as a, part, as a part of our resources to be nurtured and to be developed. We need a development strategy with economic priorities to upgrade the skill base, to improve the, the quality of export goods, to maintain Greece's natural heritage and much else besides. Leaving all this to private initiative has not been a recipe for success, neither in the rest of the world, and it's unlikely to be shown in Greece. We need a development strategy that puts the needs of the many at the core of our concern. And that, in turn, needs a far more pluralistic approach than leaving everything to the whim of the private sector. Syriza's strategy for a viable economy relies on both the private and the public sector, on socialized banks and cooperatives, on ethical banking and the efforts in the social economy that have sprung up with enormous success since the beginning of the crisis.
but this is not just an economic issue. The great U-turn in income and the wealth inequality in the more liberal economies has been well documented. It is often argued, not least by Greek intellectuals, that Greek presents an exception to this general rule. Nothing, I, I believe that nothing could be farther, farther from the truth than this. Greece started its return to democracy in 1974 as one of the poorest and most unequal societies in Western Europe. On the eve of the crisis in 2008, this was still the case. There had been impressive growth in the intermediate period. There had been healthy profits for capital and an investment drive within and outside Greece. Greek capital had expanded into Turkey and Balkans, as could be confirmed in these pre-crisis years by visiting the city centers of Sofia or Bucharest or Istanbul. But there had not been, but there had not been, was any serious attempt, attempt to confront Greece's social deficit. And of course, things have deteriorated hugely in the era of the crisis, in the era of the Troika. Poverty and inequality are not just the social outrages, the kind that inspired the founders of the LSE, Beatrice and Sidney Webb, not to mention George Bernard Shaw. They also distort consumption and production decisions. Who produces what, for whom, and under what conditions has always been one of the settled questions of the left. And in the crisis, we need to return to the basics. As you know well, Syriza has, has a lot of roots, many roots. One of more recent is in the ultra-global movement and its central slogan, people before the profits. Just as neoliberalism puts profits first, we need a rival organizing principle. And social needs provide just such a principle. Neoliberals have argued that a liberalized financial system will ensure the finals would go to where it was needed. This has clearly not happened. Finance has been ever ready to fuel bubbles in exchange rate markets, in stock markets, in housing markets, and of course in those new financial instruments which came to such prominence when the financial crisis exploded. The victims of this financialization of the economy and society have been the poor, the homeless, the working poor, the precariously employed, employed, and more importantly, sections of the middle class. The latter is a relatively new, 
but potentially explosive phenomenon. Through education, modernizers from Tony Blair in Britain and Costa Simitis in Greece promised that the middle class would escape the disruptions of globalization. But middle class students, not only from Greece, but also from Cairo, Barcelona, Lisbon, after receiving their, their masters from, say, the LSE in finance or management, will return home, even before the crisis, to their parents' small shop or to no job at all. The phenomenon of the town squares was also a middle-class phenomenon. CISA contributed to and benefited from the mobilizations in our town squares. And we are fully aware, as Peter Wilby has long argued in the pages of New Statesman and The Guardian, that inequality is also a middle-class issue. A socially just exit from the crisis implies representing the traditional social base, not only of the left, but of social democracy as well. Large parts of this base feel betrayed by the parties of the center-left. As a result, some have become disillusioned by all forms of politics. This has worrying implications, not least in terms of the rise of the extreme right and other ultranationalist or secessionist forces throughout Europe. It is difficult to believe that such a rise can be stopped without a new social agenda that addresses the social question, meaning that we have something significant to say about low wages, poor pensions, and unaccept unacceptable labor conditions. So, what could, what could we say about a, a democratic exit of the crisis? a democratic overcome, a democratic recovery. The democratic deficit of the European Union was much discussed even before the outbreak of the crisis, as was the disappointment of ordinary people with European Union institutions, with laws they felt they could not even debate, let alone discuss. Nation states were more than happy with this state of affairs, implying that some of the most unattractive aspects of the European Union were not of their doing. But since the crisis, things in the democratic sphere have deteriorated at a faster rate than they have even in economic sphere. Economic decision making between Germany and France has taken over without even the pretense of wider deliberative arrangements. The attempt imposition of technocrat personalities such as Mario Monti in Italy and ours, Lucas Papadimus in Greece, 
met with failure. Having seen the hollowing of uh, the hollowing out of democracy, to use a phrase of Colin Crouch, in the areas of monetary policy and utilities regulation, it was now time to have independent governments, that is to say independent for the wishes of their electorates. Southern, southern polit political leaders that happened in Greece before the elections were asked to sign up to austerity policies even before became prime ministers, even before the election. In any case, leaders of the centre-right and centre-left would quickly perform a U-turn after the election. In Greece, the three parties making up the current government went into the last election on a program of renegotiating the adjustment programs only to continue on a course that is more or less identical to the previous one. This is the context in which we can observe a widespread disillusionment with the political process. The problem is particularly acute, but not exclusive to the center-left. The center-left lacks a credible political strategy to represent its traditional social base. In Greece, this has led to the collapse of PASOK. In France, Hollande has experienced the, the, fastest, the fastest fall in popularity of any president of the Fifth, the Fifth Republic while in Spain, the fall in support of the popular party is not leading to an equivalent rise of the socialists. So democracy needs protection and nurturing. It is difficult to believe that the space for it can be creating without taking on financial markets and multinational corporations. This is why Syriza has been so keen to stress that it has a European strategy for exiting the crisis. And please note, not just a national strategy within Europe, but a strategy for Europe as such. Before the election, the parties of austerity tried to argue that the issue was Greece in the Eurozone or Greece out of the Eurozone. But the real dilemma was the very existence of the, Euro of the European Union itself. The accusation that Syriza was part of a drachma conspiracy was patent, patently nonsense. It was Syriza that was part of a wider European debate on the importance of a European-wide solution to the debt, on the importance of the ECB becoming a lender of last resort for both banks and nation states, and finally, on a European-wide investment drive on the role of fiscal transfers in a monetary union. What has been one of 
the elements of the crisis is the amazing levels of solidarity amongst ruling classes and elites after crisis arrival. Competition exists, of course. German capital has a preeminent position within the Eurozone. But every national capital knows that it has a joint duty to impose austerity on its peoples. And they have shown remarkable consistency in this task. It is difficult to believe that we could have a progressive exit from the crisis without an equivalent level of unity and solidarity from labor and social movements. What is now needed is what Etienne Balibar has called a European people to demand such an exit. So the first steps to create, the first steps to the creation of such a European people have already been taking place. One of the most poignant aspects of the, move, of the movements of the city squares in Athens and Salonika was when young people, after the first few days when Greek flags dominated, came with Spanish, Portuguese, but also Egyptian and Tunisian flags. It was self-recognition that every town square was part of a larger process, of a big picture, of a bigger picture. The movements in the town squares insisted that any solution had to be a democratic one. That it was, it was no longer acceptable for economic policy to be made by others against the interests of the many. The center-left has forgotten that all the previous gains of social democracy came after massive social mobilizations of ordinary people. That we can talk of reforming the ECB, Eurobonds, fiscal transfers, transfers, which may all be solutions, but no one of these are likely to happen with, without such social mobilization. In the past, elites have never given up their power and privileges willingly. It is unlikely that they will do so in the future. Only a democratic drive to change the balance of class forces within Europe can bring about a progressive exit. There are those that fear that social mobilization can only be populist at best, reactionary at worst. Such fears are likely to lead, to, to lead, the, to lead the, to the rise of authoritarian populism as a self-prophecy. Syriza has shown that one can mobilize on an open democratic agenda, on an alternative economic agenda, that seeks to address people's real needs. Our rise has been sudden, but it has continued after the elections. So we are very open to new ideas and proposals. We seek international alliances to shore up democracy and allow for economic and social experimentation.
by the monoculture promoted by neoliberalism. We are not afraid, we are not afraid to learn. That's why I'm here in front of you in LSE. We are not afraid to learn. And we are committed to seek solutions that are democratic and economically sustainable. That seek to represent the interests of all those who have been forgotten, not just with the policies of austerity, but even before, in the dark years of neoliberalism. Our wager is as social as it is democratic, but it is one that is not based in wishful thinking. On the contrary, it reflects our analysis of the crisis and a sober assessment of all those social forces that can take us out of the crisis in a progressive direction. Thank you very much. Thank you for that uh, lecture. Uh, I'm sure many would have found it uh, persuasive. And of course, as you say, Greece faces a major and deep uh, crisis. Uh, let me try to ask some very specific questions because a number of people have uh, suggested questions to me. There's a lot of interest in precisely what you might uh, do. As you say, the, the pain, the economic uh, problems of Greece are very, very deep. You say no to the memorandum. Uh, if you win the election, having said no to the memorandum, then what if uh, Angela Merkel, to choose one example, says, tough, Hard luck? No. Uh, no more money. Uh, the loans are there on a qu quarterly basis. The triker is there to see whether you're meeting the conditions. If you're not meeting the conditions, no money. What do you do? Call her bluff? I'm surprised for your question. I've never uh, asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to speak in Greek language. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Είναι μια ερώτηση που μου την έχουν κάνει δεκάδε, ίσω εκατοντάδε φορέ στην Ελλάδα. It's a question that I had to answer tens of times or hundreds of times in Greece. Νομίζω ότι βασικό στοιχείο τη ανάλυση μα. I think the base of analysis. Είναι ότι η Ευρωζώνη. Is that the Eurozone? Είναι σαν μια αλυσίδα με 17 Γρήκου. With 17 uh, links. But if one of the links breaks, it will be naturally it will be very bad for the link, but it will be very bad for the chain because it will distract the chain too. And I believe that Mrs. Merkel knows that very well. Okay, if you go closer to the microphone, please. 
Επειδή όμω μου κάνετε μια υποθετική ερώτηση, just because you made a hypothetical question, ε, πρέπει να σα πω ότι έχει ενδιαφέρον να κάνει κανεί υποθετικέ ερωτήσει γιατί όλα όσα έχουμε δει μέχρι τώρα ήταν κυβερνήσει να λένε ναι στην κυρία Μέρκελ. I must say it's interesting to make hypothetical questions because all we've seen uh, uh, so far by now is all governments saying yes to Mrs. Merkel. Οπότε έχει πολύ μεγάλο ενδιαφέρον έστω για μία φορά να δούμε μια κυβέρνηση που θα πει όχι στην κυρία Μέρκελ. Therefore, it would be very interesting to have for once one government that would say no to Mrs. Merkel. Και τότε το ενδιαφέρον θα είναι να δούμε την πραγματική, όχι την υποθετική, την πραγματική αντίδραση της κυρίας Μέρκελ. And then it will be very interesting to see the real reaction of Mrs. Merkel and not the hypothetical one. Εγώ υποθέτω, θα μπορούσα να στοιχηματίσω μάλιστα. I suppose uh, I could actually put my money on it. Αλλά δεν το κάνω αυτό διότι στην Ελλάδα θα ιδιωτικοποιήσουν τον οργανισμό των στοιχημάτων. But I won't do that because in Greece they're going to privatize uh, the organization, the betting organization. Υποθέτω και στοιχηματίζω λοιπόν ότι η κυρία Μέρκελ τότε θα έλεγε καθίστε να διαπραγματευτούμε μια πραγματική κοινή λύση για την Ευρώπη. Therefore, uh, I guess and I bet that Mrs. Merkel uh, will be willing to sit down and negotiate a real solution for Europe. So it's a kind of eyeball-to-eyeball confrontation. <laughs> Who blinks first, Angela or Alexis? Uh, However, of course, in that kind of situation, the financial markets are making judgments, uh, other governments are making judgments, and quite a lot depends, indeed, the fate of Greece depends on whether you're making the correct bargaining assumption. So what's your question? So uh, Greece waits for uh, who blinks first, Angela or Alexis? Νομίζω ότι δικαιούμαστε μια ευκαιρία. I think that we deserve a chance. Διότι μέχρι τώρα, because now, η κυρία Μέρκελ παίζει και πρώτη και τελευταία. Uh, Merkel plays both first and last. Η Ελλάδα απλώς δεν παίζει. Uh, Greece is not in the game. Και νομίζω ότι ε, θα μπορούσαμε να συζητάμε πολλές ώρες θεωρητικά. And I think that we can spend hours and hours working, uh, talking uh, hypothetically. Αλλά το πρόβλημα δεν είναι θεωρητικό, είναι πρακτικό. Αυτή τη στιγμή στην Ελλάδα υπάρχουν 1,5 εκατομμύριο άνεργοι. But this is not a theoretical problem, this is a realistic problem because in Greece at the moment there's 1,5 million unemployed. Και σχεδόν 700.000 οικογένειε χωρί καθόλου εισόδημα. And uh, approximately 700,000 families with no income. Βρισκόμαστε μπροστά σε μια ανθρωπιστική κρίση. Uh, we're facing a humanitarian crisis. Οπότε, για μα. Το ρίσκο μια τέτοια επιλογή έχει μειωθεί σημαντικά. Κάθε μέρα που περνάει και βαθαίνει αυτή η η τραγωδία στην Ελλάδα, το ρίσκο λένε και μειώνεται. Υπάρχει μια ωραία ελληνική παροιμία που λέει ότι ο βρεγμένο στη βροχή δεν τη φοβάται. 
doesn't care about the rain. Και εμείς κοντεύουμε να πάθουμε πνευμονία από τη βροχή που Πραγματικά είναι ένα πολύ κρίσιμο ερώτημα. Πρέπει να σα πω ότι εμεί δεν είμαστε ένα κόμμα αντιευρωπαϊκό. Αντιθέτω, είμαστε ένα κόμμα που θέλουμε την Ευρώπη, πιστεύουμε στην ευρωπαϊκή ιδέα. Quite the opposite. We are a party that supports Europe and believes into the European ideas. Διότι στον πυρήνα της ευρωπαϊκής ιδέας είναι η αλληλεγγύη. Because in the core of the European ideas is Greece. Αλλά ποιος είναι αυτός που σήμερα έχει την πιο αντιευρωπαϊκή πολιτική στην Ευρώπη. Είναι η κυρία Μέρκελ. Πότε άλλοτε συζητήσαμε στην Ευρώπη για την δυνατότητα να διατηρηθεί ή να διαλυθεί το ευρώ. Όταν βάθηναν οι νεοφιλελεύθερε πολιτικέ, όταν βάθηναν τα προγράμματα λιτότητα στον Ευρωπαϊκό Νότο, συνεπώ πρέπει να συνειδητοποιήσουμε ότι τόσο ο ΣΥΡΙΖΑ όσο και άλλε πολιτικέ δυνάμει και κοινωνικά κινήματα που αντιτίθενται στη λιτότητα σε όλο τον Ευρωπαϊκό Νότο. Also, other European uh, powers uh, and movements uh, which are against the, uh, the uh, in Australian measures in Southern Europe, <laughs> against the austerity in Southern Europe. Δεν το κάνουμε διότι θέλουμε να διαλύσουμε την Ευρώπη, να το κάνουμε διότι θέλουμε να διατηρηθεί η Ευρώπη ενωμένη. We don't do that because we wish to dissolve Europe. We do that because we wish Europe to remain. Η λιτότητα είναι αυτή που διαλύει την Ευρώπη. To remain together, it is the austerity that dissolves Europe. Okay. In the strategy of opposing this uh, austere neoliberalism, you've emphasized the importance of uh, labor movements coming together, working people uh, coming together uh, across Europe. Some of your critics, of course, see you as agreeing with every demand. They accuse you of populism. You mentioned in your your lecture populism. Why do they think? Why do you think they call you populist? Εξαρτάται από ποια σκοπιά το βλέπει κανείς. It depends on which angle you look at it. Ξέρετε, εμείς δεν συμφωνούμε με όλα τα αιτήματα. You know, we we don't agree with every single question raised. Για παράδειγμα, δεν συμφωνούμε καθόλου με το αίτημα των εφοπλιστών να μιλούν φόρους στην Ελλάδα. For example, we don't agree. We don't agree. 
we don't agree with a ship owner's request of not paying any taxes in Greece. Is that the same also for small and medium-sized enterprises? A restaurant owner in Idra, for example, should have a tax audit done on him just equally to those who are wealthy and evading tax. All tax evasion is wrong. I'll answer your question. The truth is that every kind of tax evasion is wrong. Αλλά πείτε μου εσείς πώς θα μπορέσουμε να δημιουργήσουμε μια υγιή θεολογική συνείδηση. How can we create a healthy taxable consciousness στο μέσο πολίτη που έχει υποστεί τόσες περικοπές στους μισθούς και συσύνδεσεις, στους μισθούς, στα εισοδήματα που έχει δει τους φόρους να αυξάνονται διαρκώς. That have suffered so many cuts to the wages, to the income, and watching that taxes are going up all the time. Όταν στην Ελλάδα φορολογούμε διαρκώς τη φτώχεια και δεν έχουμε ποτέ την πολιτική βούληση να φορολογήσουμε τον πλούτο. When in Greece we keep on taxing the poor people and we don't go to tax the wealthy instead. Look what happened with the scandal about the Lagarde list. Καθόλου τη διάρκεια αυτής της φοβερής κρίσης και ενώ οι πολιτικοί οικονομικών έβαζαν έπρεπε σκληρά μέτρα στη βουλή για τη μεσαία και την κατώτερη τάξη. During this financial crisis and when in the parliament they were putting higher taxes to the middle and lower classes, οι πολιτικοί των οικονομικών κρατάγαν στα συρτάρια τους. Τη λίστα των μεγάλων χωροφυγάδων, μεγάλων καταθετών στην Ελβετία. The ministers of economics, they were hiding the lists in the drawers while the lists with the huge tax evaders. Of the huge tax evaders. Okay. One of the reasons I think why people accuse you of being a populist uh, is your attitude to protest and the, the riots that we've seen on our international TV screens uh, in Greece. Um, you would condemn anyone engaged in violent protest in Athens. You would see this. I would not wish to have the votes of those engaged in violent protests. In violent protests. Yes. Who me? Oh. Okay. Let me repeat the. Okay. Let me repeat the the question. I was simply saying that. Okay. I was simply asking the question in terms of. Criticism of the response to protests and violent protests in in Greece. Would you condemn all violent protests, and would you say that those engaged in violent protests, you don't want their votes? We'll ask for the vote of all the Greeks. Okay, so if we move the microphones.
If you can speak French. We'll ask for the votes of all the Greeks. But I must say that the Greek people all these years now, they have reacted very maturely towards an unbelievably violent policy. When you have children and your wife is unemployed and you lose your job, και δεν έχεις να βάλεις πετρέλαιο διότι το έχουν εξισώσει με το πετρέλαιο κίνησης για να ζεστάνεις τα παιδιά σου στο σπίτι. Δεν έχεις πάρα πολλές επιλογές παρά να αντιδράσεις, παρά να διαμαρτυρηθείς για αυτό που συμβαίνει. Πρέπει να σας πω ότι εμείς από θέσεις αρχής αξιακά είμαστε απέναντι στη βία. I must tell you that our, our position is against violence. Και δεν πιστεύουμε ότι μέσα από τη βία μπορούμε να έχουμε κάποια δίκαιη εξέλιξη για την κοινωνία. And we don't think that through violence we have a justifiable uh, development of our society. Αλλά πιστεύουμε ότι διαχρονικά αυτός που είναι σε θέση να επιλέξει την κλιμάκωση της βίας στη στρατηγική της έντασης δεν είναι οι λαοί όταν διεκδικούν. Είναι οι εξουσίες, είναι οι κυβερνήσεις όταν βλέπουν να χάνουν τη γη κάτω από τα πόδια τους. It's those who are in power. It's the governments who do that when they see the earth moving underneath their feet. Θα σας παρακαλούσα λοιπόν να μην απομονώνετε ορισμένες σκηνές που βλέπετε πράγματι συμβαίνουν. So not to isolate some scenes that you see. Ορισμένες μεμονωμένες σκηνές βίας. Because they are isolated acts of violence. Και να τις αποδίδετε στο σύνολο του ελληνικού λαού. And put these against. Διότι ο ελληνικό λαό σε αυτή την πολιτική προσπάθησε να αντισταθεί με ελληνικό τρόπο και αυτό το μόνο που διεκδίκησε ήταν τη δυνατότητα να μπορέσει να ζήσει με αξιοπρέπεια σε μια δημοκρατική πολιτεία. Okay, the uh, final question from me before we bring in the audience. Um, you've made a, a very persuasive case for an alternative economic uh, strategy. Uh, some people here in the audience work in the City of London. The Declaration of Syriza uh, last month, December, whenever, uh, talked about the need to change capitalism beyond any cosmetic change, but to achieve socialism, beyond cosmetic change. For those guests in the audience from the City of London, how afraid should they be of a Syriza government? The <laughs> 
Αλλά πιστέψτε Αλλά πιστέψτε με Έχω την αίσθηση ότι βρισκόμαστε σε μία περίοδο όπου καταραίουν οι βεβαιότητες του παρελθόντος. Διότι οι αγορές βρέθηκαν ένα βήμα πριν την καταστροφή, μεγάλες επιχειρήσεις έκλεισαν, μεγάλες τράπεζες βρέθηκαν στην ανάγκη να ανακεφαλοποιηθούν, όχι εξαιτίας του ΣΥΡΙΖΑ. Big corporations are collapsed. Big banks, they had to uh, go to the brink of collapse and that wasn't just because of the of series. And these people, they are the risk of losing their jobs because uh, capitalism is not working properly and it's not because series wants to change things. Βρισκόμαστε στην περίοδο ενός σκληρού, ακραίου, καζίνο καπιταλισμού. Και πιστεύω ότι πρέπει να συνειδητοποιήσουμε ότι αυτή η, η, η δυσλειτουργία, αυτή η αδιέξοδη πορεία της οικονομίας... Δεν είναι απειλή μονάχα για τις κοινωνίες. Είναι απειλή και για τις μελλοντικές γενιές. We have to realize that this is not just a threat to the economy. This is a threat to the future generations. Διότι όταν εξαντληθούν οι λικοί πόροι και οι ανθρώπινοι πόροι, τότε αυτό το αδιφάγο σύστημα θα κατασπαράξει και τους φυσικούς μας πόρους then this uh, system which is like a bottomless pit uh, then would devour uh, uh, the rest of our resources. Και πιστεύω ότι αυτό είναι το μεγάλο πρόβλημα για τις μελλοντικές γενιές διότι αυτές δεν θα μπορούν να αντικατασταθούν. And I believe this is a huge problem for the future generations because I don't think these things will be replaceable. Συνεπώς είναι μια καλή ευκαιρία όλοι μαζί να κάνουμε ένα debate. Να συνειδητοποιήσουμε ότι ο κόσμος μας χρειάζεται μεγάλες αλλαγές. Εμείς ένα πιο δίκαιο και αηφόρο μοντέλο το ονομάζουμε σοσιαλισμό. Αν εσείς έχετε κάποια άλλη ορολογία μπορούμε να την κουβεντιάσουμε. Το θέμα είναι ότι πρέπει να αλλάξει αυτό το μοντέλο οργάνωσης οικονομίας και της παραγωγής. A more justifiable system, we call it socialism, and uh, we believe that things they have to change, and we can debate that. Okay, good, thank you. I've uh, had a message not only about the microphones, but also about the, the cameras. Could you sit a bit further back with the microphone, please, because um, you're not being shown on the camera adequately. So if we can do that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, we now open up to the questions, and of course, um, we have simply 500 questions to, uh, to squeeze into the uh, session. Okay, uh, could we, uh, there were microphones, stewards coming with microphones, if we could take the gentleman in the blue striped uh, jumper first. If you could please, because there are many people wanting to ask questions, if you could simply say who you are and ask the question. Can you hear me? One by one. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Yorgos Galanis. I'm a PhD student of economics at Warwick, and I'm working also at the New Economics Foundation. Thank you very much for everything you said. Uh, I have a question about something you mentioned uh, in your last sentences, about the environment. As, as a Greek, I know about the Greek weather. It's much, much better than the weather here. And <laughs> this actually gives more opportunities. I also realize that in order to invest for sustainable uh, energy and green jobs, this investment is go not going to benefit in the short term. So this relates to the change of the financial system and socializing part of the banks. Uh, I would like you to say something uh, about the series of program considering the environment. Thank you. Ah, and can I say one more thing? No, no, it's uh, a, thank you, thank you. The background, I really enjoyed the background, breaking up the euro. Okay, okay. The truth is that Μέρες μας στην Ελλάδα δεν γίνεται καθόλου συζήτηση για τις επιπτώσεις της κρίσης στο περιβάλλον, διότι οι επιπτώσεις πάνω στους ανθρώπους είναι αυτές που αξιολογούνται ως σημαντικότερες. Um, the truth is that currently uh, we don't discuss in Greece uh, about the effects on the environment because uh, the situation, uh, uh, the gravity of the situation is more dire uh, regarding uh, what's happening to the people. Και ειλικρινά έχουμε έναν πολύ μεγάλο φόβο And, uh, ότι προσδοκώντας την ανάπτυξη θα αρχίσουμε σχεδόν όλοι να σκεφτόμαστε ε, χωρίς να βάζουμε όρους και προϋποθέσεις για μια βιώσιμη ανάπτυξη όπως κάναμε στο παρελθόν. So we all, trying to make sure that we implement a sustainable development as we used to do in the past. But I believe some things they can work together. As uh, at the moment they go together Uh, the distraction of, of uh, uh, the people's rights as well with the distraction of the environment. And for an example, you can see that uh, there's been on parity now uh, the price for uh, heating petrol as it is for uh, 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 η Ελλάδα έζησε στιγμές της δεκαετίας του 50, όπου όλοι για να ζεσταθούν έψαχαν να βρουν ό,τι έβρισκαν μπροστά τους για να κάψουν σε σόμπες, ξυλόσομπες, τζάκια και όλες οι ελληνικές πόλεις ήταν κνιγμένες στην Εθαλομήχα. And that goes a, a huge smoke in uh, major cities. Εμείς λοιπόν έχοντας μια αρχή, οι άνθρωποι, οι ανάγκες τους και το περιβάλλον πάνω από τα κέρδη. We have one principle: we put people, the needs above our profit. Θα επιδιώξουμε παραγωγικές επενδύσεις που σέβονται το περιβάλλον, έναντι επενδύσεων που καταστρέφουν το περιβάλλον. Και πάρτε για παράδειγμα τα ορυχεία χρυσού στη Χαλκιδική και στη Θράκη. Okay, thank you. Other questions. <laughs>
tell him. <laughs> we look into development, which is going to uh, protect the environment rather than actually go for uh, development that it won't protect the, the environment. And look at the situation, what is going on uh, with the gold mines in uh, uh, Thessaloniki. Halkidiki and Thrace. Halkidiki and Thrace. Okay, more questions. A gentleman uh, here. Isaac Carpides, I'm the correspondent of Antenna TV in London. In the past, Mr. Tsipras, you have said that you would welcome foreign companies to invest in Greece, to do business in Greece. Foreign companies need the support of the state uh, as well as from local businessmen in order to do that. However, often either they are reluctant to invest in Greece as the business department is not ready to welcome them, or even worse, they are forced to leave Greece as simply they are not welcome from the local businessmen. Recent examples are the cases of Shell, BP, GB Morgan, which after they were heavily fined, they sold uh, their companies and left the country. What are you planning to do in order to make Greece a country friendly to the foreign investment? In other words, if you will be a prime minister, what you will do to attract foreign companies to invest in Greece? Thank you. This is a very important question. Νομίζω ότι για να μπορέσουμε να ξαναπροσελκύσουμε επενδυτές, σοβαρούς επενδυτές, όχι πειρατές που θέλουν it, να λαϊλατήσουν. In order to, inv- to attract uh, investors, uh, serious investors, and not uh, pirates, we actually they want to loot the country. Πρέπει να κάνουμε τρεις κινήσεις. We have to do three acts. Πρώτα απ' όλα πρέπει να σταματήσουμε αυτή την αβεβαιότητα First of all, we have to stop this uncertainty. σε σχέση με το ποιο θα είναι το νόμισμα της χώρας την επόμενη μέρα. Πιστέψτε με, κανένα σοβαρός επενδυτής δεν πρόκειται να έρθει να επενδύσει τα χρήματά του όταν δεν ξέρει ποιο θα είναι το πλαίσιο στην οικονομία την επόμενη μέρα. There will be any investor, serious investor, that will be willing to invest his money without knowing what will be the future of the country the next day. Και αυτή τη συζήτηση δεν την ξεκινήσαμε εμείς. And this is not a conversation that we started. Ξεκίνησε η Τρόικα εξωτερικού και εσωτερικού για να εκβιάσει τον κόσμο εμείς οι Φυσίριζα. It was started by the Τρόικα both abroad and at home in order to put people off from voting for Syriza. Το δεύτερο που πρέπει να κάνουμε είναι να δημιουργήσουμε ένα σταθερό και δίκαιο φορολογικό σύστημα. The second thing we have to do is we have to create a, a steady and uh, justifiable uh, uh, tax system. Διότι, ξέρετε, είμαι στη Βουλή από το 2009, δηλαδή τέσσερα χρόνια, και έχουν έρθει 13 αλλαγές, 13 νομοσχέδια αλλαγών στο φορολογικό σύστημα. Κάθε You know, I've been in the Greek Parliament since 2009, and since then there have been 14 changes to the tax system. And the third thing we have to do is to stop this system of corruption. And the third thing we have to do is to stop this system of corruption. Because the investor who comes to Greece knows. 
ότι εκτός από τα χρήματα που έχει να βάλει πάνω το τραπέζι, πρέπει να βάλει και αρκετά κάτω το τραπέζι. Because any investor who comes to Greece knows a part of the money he has to hand over over the table. He knows there will be a substantial amount of money you have to hand over under the table. Okay, thank you. Uh, perhaps I, I can see time is uh, going to be a problem. Can we ask uh, some quick questions and then and quick, quick answer, uh, answers? The gentleman uh, halfway up on the, the right-hand side here in the grey, please. My name is Kevin Ovenden. Thank you, Alexis. I very much agreed with the point you made that the austerity policy is not uh, pragmatic or even ideological, but has the intention of reheating neoliberalism. So my question is about the difference between the political possibilities now and, and the beginning of the neoliberal period, because 30 years ago, neoliberalism began with political defeats of Mitterrand, of Papandreou Andreas, even before that, uh, more dramatic and tragic defeats of the IND government in, in Chile. So we're not bound to repeat those defeats, but my question is, what do we learn from that and what's different now? Because France was a big country. Okay, that's fine. But was defeated. We understand the question. How do we win it's now? Fine, fine. Πιστεύω ότι βρισκόμαστε σε μια τελείως διαφορετική χρονική στιγμή, ιστορική πραγματικότητα από αυτήν που είχαμε τη δεκαετία του 80. Βρισκόμαστε σε ένα διαφορετικό κόσμο, πολυπολικό. Δεν έχουμε την, τους δύο πόλους που είχαμε τη δεκαετία του 80. Uh, we live in a different world which is polypolarized rather than having the two poles that we had back in the 80s. Κυρίως όμως βρισκόμαστε στο μετέχνιο στην εποχή της κατάρρευσης του υπαρκτού νεοφιλελεύθερου καπιταλισμού. But at this moment we're just standing right at the edge, at the edge of the collapse of uh, the current capitalism. Αυτός ο νεοφιλελεύθερος καπιταλισμός εφαρμόστηκε τη δεκαετία του 90, τη πρώτη δεκαετία του 21ου αιώνα. This neoliberal capitalism has uh, been implemented in, back in the 90s. Και την πρώτη δεκαετία του 21ου αιώνα. And the first decade of the 21st century. Και σήμερα δείχνει ότι οδηγεί την παγκόσμια οικονομία σε αδιέξοδα αντίστοιχα ή και μεγαλύτερα από αυτά που είδαμε στην κρίση του 29. And now we see that it leads societies to dead ends worse than we've seen in the decade of Δεν μπορούμε να συγκρίνουμε την κατάσταση στην Ελλάδα και στον Ευρωπαϊκό Νότο με ό,τι αντιμετώπισε ο Μητεράνιο Παπανδρέου. We can compare the situation in Greece in the, in the European South with the situation that uh, uh, Mr. Papandreou faced in the 80s. Ίσως μπορούμε να συγκρίνουμε αυτά που συμβαίνουν στην Ελλάδα σήμερα με αυτά που συνέβαιναν στη δημοκρατία της Βαϊμάρης δεκαετία του 30. Maybe we might be able to compare the situation in Greece now what happened, what happened in the Βαϊμάρη democracy back in, the, in, in Germany. Yeah, in Germany. Και ελπίζω όλοι μας 
να έχουμε γίνει σοφότεροι από τα διδάγματα της ιστορίας. Hello, my name is Andreas Kutras. I've got a two short questions. Uh, do you feel that you have betrayed your voters and your leftist roots by not supporting Troika and the IMF in their repeated calls to stop the monopolies, the oligarchs, and the vested interest in Greece? And I'm saying this because in all their reports... Sorry, Andrea, uh, I didn't understand the question. Okay. Closer, closer with the microphone. Do you feel that you have betrayed your voters and your leftist roots by not supporting Troika and IMF in their repeated calls to stop the monopolies, the oligarchs, and the vested interests in Greece? And I'm saying this because all their reports mention that they have encountered huge resistance from all political parties, and especially from the left, to stamp out the oligarchs, the monopolies, and the vested interests. Okay. And the second question no, is, no, no, the, one question, if you come you. into power, Th no, will you thank you, change? Thank you. One question is fine. Uh, so, <laughs> I understood the question to be that the, the Troika would be in favor of a liberalization of the economy, a breaking up of monopolies. Why aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Όταν ήμουνα συνάντηση με το IMF στη Νέα Υόρκη είχαμε έναν τίμου τον κύριο Λίπτον τον νούμερο 2 και δίπλα του είχε τον κύριο Τόμψεν ο οποίος προσπαθούσε να μας πείσει ότι Κάτι παρόμοιο με αυτό που με ρωτήσατε εσείς, ότι ε, υποστηρίζει το IMF από την αρχή ότι πρέπει να πληρώσουν και οι πλούσιοι στην Ελλάδα και να σταματήσει, ε, να σταματήσει αυτό το καθεστώς της ολιγαρχίας. Και τότε αφού... Ε, Πρότεινα στον κύριο Τόμψεν, αφού είναι τόσο ε, ε, υπέρ του να σταματήσει η ολιγαρχία και να πληρώσουν οι πλούσιοι, μήπως έρθει να γίνει μέλος στο ΣΥΡΙΖΑ. <laughs> Αλλά αμέσως μετά τον ρώτησα, γιατί κάθε φορά που απειλείται την εκάστοτε ελληνική κυβέρνηση ότι δεν θα δώσετε τη δόση, τους απειλείτε ότι θα το κάνετε αυτό αν δεν μειώσουν μισθούς και συντάξεις από τους φτωχούς και όχι αν δεν φορολογήσουν τους πλούσιους. So first by saying that, um, uh, I wanted to offer him if he wanted to join Syriza. Uh, but then again, I thought, and I'll ask him, right, then how comes the IMF is threatening Greece to stop uh, uh, giving the, the bailouts if, uh, if, they don't, uh, stop, uh, cutting, if they don't carry on cutting the wages instead of actually, uh, he's not asking for actually to implement Φυσικά δεν είχε να μου δώσει κάποια πιστική απάντηση. Όσο ο κύριος Τόμψον δεν έχει να δώσει μια πιστική απάντηση σε αυτό, 
Νομίζω ότι και η δική σας ερώτηση δεν μπορεί να είναι πιστική. So therefore, if Mr. Thompson can give a convincing answer to this, then uh, I don't think that your question is a convincing one. Okay. Um, we haven't had a female questioner, and I'm... Uh, yes, the lady at the back in the black, please, uh, nearest you, if you could give the microphone. Oh, okay. It's coming, it's coming. My name is Cherry Sewell from the Greece Solidarity Campaign. My question is regarding the women of Greece and how they are having to carry the burdens of austerity. So much so that there was a report this week that the, uh, the number of heart attacks affecting women has gone up by 40% in Messinia alone. The pressures are on the women, so the question is, what is Syriza going to do to give a voice to the women of Greece? The truth is that women are the first theme of this crisis. The truth is that, yes indeed, women are the first victim of this crisis. Άλλωστε, βρισκόντουσαν σε δυσμενέστερη θέση και πριν την κρίση. Anyway, they were in a worse position uh, to compare to men before the, the crisis. Ε, και εμείς ε, έχουμε ένα πρόγραμμα, ένα σχέδιο με ιδιαίτερες δράσεις για τις άνεργες γυναίκες, για τις άνεργες μητέρες. We do have a plan uh, for unemployed women, unemployed mothers. Αλλά για να μπορέσουμε να υλοποιήσουμε τέτοιες πολιτικές θα πρέπει πρωτίστως να καταφέρουμε να κερδίσουμε τη δυνατότητα να ασκήσουμε κυβερνητική πολιτική. But in order to implement such policies, first of all, we have to get into the government and do that as a government policy. Πρέπει να σας πω όμως ότι εκτός από το πιο ευάλωτο τμήμα της κοινωνίας οι Ελληνίδες γυναίκες είναι και αυτές που βρίσκονται στην πρώτη γραμμή της κοινωνικής αντίστασης, αλλά και της αλληλεγγύης. I must tell you that while women they are the most vulnerable in our society, they also they they active and they they support or they they, they go and demonstrate against these policies. Okay. I'm very concerned about the, the, the time. Could we take two questions together? Uh, okay, if we could uh, take the lady uh, here, please. Yep. Um, Chloe Hadjimatho from the BBC. This week, uh, Transparency International had good news for Greece. Because of the crisis, the average cost of a bribe has gone down. <laughs> Most people agree that anyone that comes to power in Greece and really wants to solve the economic problems is going to have to tackle systemically and fundamentally the issue of corruption and nepotism at all levels of Greek society. That seems to be something that was missing from your talk tonight. Can you tell us what Syriza has to offer?
Okay, and if we can take another uh, question at the uh, time. The gentleman here, please, in the uh, red. Uh, hello, my name is Konstantinos Tsimonis. I'm a PhD student at the School of Oriental and African Studies. Uh, police violence, Mr. Tsipras. What are you going to do to democratize the Greek police? Okay, good, thank you. Λυπάμαι πολύ που δεν μπορώ να απαντήσω σε όλε τι ερωτήσει. Αλλά οι δύο τελευταίε ερωτήσει μου δίνουν την δυνατότητα να, να κάνω έναν ωραίο επίλογο, νομίζω. Είμαι πολύ συγχωρητή που δεν μπορώ να απαντήσω σε όλε τι ερωτήσει. Well, if Syriza gets this uh, historical opportunity to get into the government of the country, δεν θα έρθει μόνο για να πει τα αυτονόητα ότι το πρόγραμμα της λιτότητας δεν λειτουργεί και πρέπει να τα αλλάξουμε. It won't come to government just to say uh, obviously that uh, uh, the, uh, this program of uh, austerity is not working, therefore we have to change it. Αλλά σκοπεύουμε, όραμά μας. Είναι να βρεθούμε στη διακυβέρνηση της χώρας προκειμένου να προωθήσουμε μεγάλες δομικές θεσμικές αλλαγές στην Ελλάδα. Our plan is to get into the government in, in order to achieve uh, big uh, institutional changes. Διότι αν ξαφνικά καταφέρουμε if we all of a sudden do manage to να διαγράψουμε όλα όσα έχουν γίνει αυτά τα τρία χρόνια και βρεθούμε to wipe out everything that has happened in the last στο 2008 and find ourselves in 2008 or 2007 δεν θα έχουμε κάνει απολύτως τίποτα διότι δεν θα έχουμε αλλάξει τις αιτίες που μας οδήγησαν στην κρίση nothing we have changed because we will have changed the reasons that they led us to this crisis γι' αυτό πολλές φορές Συνηθίζω να λέω ότι όταν ο ΣΥΡΙΖΑ έρθει στην κυβέρνηση δεν θα είναι μια απλή κυβερνητική αλλαγή. That's... Θα είναι αλλαγή καθεστώτος στην Ελλάδα. That's why I'm saying that when ΣΥΡΙΖΑ comes to government, it won't be just a change of government, it will be a change of uh, the status of regime, regime change. Oh, complete regime. <laughs> Και αυτός είναι ο λόγος που ο πραγματικός μας αντίπαλος δεν είναι ο κύριος Σαμαράς και τα κόμματα που είναι στην κυβέρνηση. This is the reason because our main opponent is not Mr. Σαμαράς and the parties which are in government. Ο πραγματικός μας αντίπαλος είναι οι ολιγάρχες που κυβερνούν την Ελλάδα τα τελευταία 30 χρόνια. Our true opponents is the are the oligarchs who say govern Greece. In the last, uh, και βεβαίως για να έρθω και στη δεύτερη ερώτηση ξέρουμε πάρα πολύ καλά And ότι αυτές οι question, βαθιές θεσμικές well, αλλαγές αλλαγές συνείδησης που θέλουμε να επιφέρουμε δεν μπορούν να γίνουν από τη μια μέρα στην άλλη και κυρίως δεν μπορούν να γίνουν χωρίς τη στήριξη του λαού πιστεύουμε λοιπόν ότι μια 
ριζική κυβερνητική αλλαγή, πολιτική αλλαγή στην Ελλάδα θα απελευθερώσει θετική ενέργεια. Όχι μόνο στην Ελλάδα, αλλά και σε όλη την Ευρώπη. Ωστε να αλλάξουν και πράγματα που αφορούν τις συνήθειές μας, την καθημερινότητα του καθενός από μας. Γιατί να αποδεχόμαστε ότι έτσι πρέπει να είναι, να λειτουργεί ένα σύστημα αναξιοκρατίας, να δεχόμαστε το ρουσφέτι, να δεχόμαστε ότι πρέπει να πηγαίνουμε στα ελληνικά νοσοκομεία και να ανεχόμαστε τους επίορκους γιατρούς που παίρνουν φακελάκι. Αυτά όλα πρέπει να αλλάξουν στην Ελλάδα. Όπως πρέπει να αλλάξει και ο ρόλος και η συμπεριφορά της ελληνικής αστυνομίας. Όραμά μας είναι η επανασυμφιλίωση της αστυνομίας με τους πολίτες, με τον ελληνικό λαό. Και όλα αυτά μπορούν να αλλάξουν αν ο ίδιος ο λαός αναλάβει τις τύχες στα χέρια του και δημιουργήσει ένα ευνοϊκό περιβάλλον για να υποστηρίξει αυτές τις βαθιές θεσμικές δομικές αλλαγές που σκοπεύουμε να φέρουμε. As a gesture of our uh, appreciation, uh, we normally uh, offer our guests a little uh, gift. Given that this is the London School of Economics, of course, we, we're not vulgar and we don't offer things which are necessarily valuable. Uh, so we'd like to offer you two things. I, I think we're offering you two things. Yes, we're offering you two things. Firstly, a gift here, which you can open later. <laughs> Let's not be too transparent. Uh, but also, there is a tradition at the London School of Economics from Nelson Mandela, Bill Clinton, and now Alexis Tsipras <laughs> that we uh, invite our guests to go with an LSE baseball hat. So, my favorite sport is not baseball, <laughs> but <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Final, final announcement, if I may. Um, immediately outside the lecture theatre, I'm looking uh, to double-check with colleagues, but immediately outside the lecture theatre, there is now a reception, and you're all invited to that reception. Hopefully, some of you will have the opportunity of talking to our speaker again informally with LSE wine. Please don't expect too much. Uh, but... As we finish, can I invite you to give a very warm appreciation? Thank you.